Welcome to the podcast. Today we talk to Simon Campbell. He was uh, he's a, uh, a member of the community that decided to go in front of uh, the school board and, and talk to them about some of the concerns he had about what they were teaching. Uh, you're going to want to hear uh, his video that went viral, but then also talking to him. Uh, he's much more calm on the phone, but uh, really interesting guy. Also have uh, another uh, relatively interesting guy, Bill O'Reilly, on uh, the program today. He's got a lot to talk about, including uh, some stuff with Tucker Carlson that we'll get into. Um, and uh, Glenn has a show today on Blaze TV, blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks on your subscription. He's got a special for subscribers only. Uh, and, you know, Glenn, when he left Top 40 Radio... One of the reasons he did that, he always says, is like, I got sick of talking about Britney Spears all the time. Now he's back to talking about Britney Spears. Full, full circle moment for Glenn's career uh, today on Glenn TV, uh, her whole situation. And, and there is really some interesting stuff going on about, uh, who, you know, freedom for people who want it. Uh, and uh, it's a, it's an interesting story. He's going to get into that today. Brand new Stu Does America as well. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, five stars is the appropriate number of stars when you review it. We appreciate that. And click on Stu Does America as well and subscribe there. Here's today's podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. One of the highlights, at least of my week, was listening to a guy. Um, he's a former member of the Pensbury, Pennsylvania School Board. Uh, he spoke up about the draconian uh, moves that the school board up in Pensbury was, was taking to silence free speech. I want you to listen to a part of this, and then I'm going to introduce you to Simon. Now. You snowflakes apparently have a bigger problem with public comment. It seems to me that you think you can supersede the United States Constitution. Well, I've got news for you, school board president Benito Mussolini. Your power does not supersede that of the US Constitution and the First Amendment rights of the citizens of this great nation. Let's be very, very clear who has the power. Mr. It is Campbell, not government I policy. You, I will do warn not you, warn me or do not interrupt my time. That if, if you, you interrupt my time, personal insults do not like that interrupt again, my time. This is my comment, not your comment. I'm quoting to you now from the United States Supreme Court 1964 case, New York Times versus Sullivan. This is constitutional case law in this country. And I'm quoting you from the U.S. Supreme Court. The, just, the judges wrote that this nation is founded on the, quote, profound national commitment to the principle that debate on public issues shall be uninhibited, robust, and wide open, and that it may well include vehement, caustic, and sometimes unpleasantly sharp attacks on government and public officials. That's constitutional case law in this nation. I don't have to be nice to you. Nobody behind me has to be nice to you. If you don't like living in the United States of America, then you can all move to Russia, Cuba, or China. This is the First Amendment. Well, this guy is I will, incredible. I will, caution you, I will caution you, solicitor. There is a video camera to my left. If you edit this tape, then you're going to have a big legal problem on your hands because my right to critique your fascism, which is what this is, is constitutionally protected. There are emails, 
public record emails in which the director of equity is lobbying and advocating for public comment to be censored in this school district. And you know what? Okay, stop. This, I understand, and I'm going to bring Simon Campbell in. Hello, Simon. How are you? Good morning, Glenn. Thanks for having me on. I want you to know that I'm very calm today. I've had my cup of tea, so I should be good. (laughs) You were fantastic, but tell me if this is true. I have heard that that was spur of the moment. You didn't have any planned remarks. This happened because you talked to a mom in the hallway before the meeting started. Is that true? That's absolutely correct. You can tell I was not reading off of the script. I'm known locally as a little bit of an activist, a loudmouth, but I, w- I was talking to this everyday mom in, in the entranceway of the school board meeting. She had wanted to speak at the earlier meeting in May, but she, but she had witnessed the thuggery that had taken place at that meeting. And we're trying, by the way, we're trying to get the tape of that meeting because apparently it's even worse than what happened with me, where the school solicitor, who's supposed to be the taxpayer-funded council is the one doing the dirty work of these radical fascists when i say dirty work shouting people down saying you can't speak and then editing and cutting the tape of the school district's meeting so she told me in the whole in the entranceway she was too in- intimidated to speak at, at the meeting the month before and she's an ordinary everyday mom too intimidated in this country to express your views to the government and i said to myself right They've got it coming. And that's kind of what happened. Holy cow. And uh, just uh, this doesn't sound like a Brooklyn accent uh, in in knowing that I think that your favorite politician was Margaret Thatcher. Um, You're from the UK. How long have you been here? And do you realize you probably know more about freedom than the average American? Well, I've been here since 2004, and I was naturalized in January 2009. And I always make the point, that day when I was naturalized, there was about 60 of us in Philadelphia uh, from over 30 countries, many of whom had tears in their eyes, their family members and friends were there. And you really get a sense in that room of what it means to be an American. And so I always think about that moment when I'm mouthing off like I did at the school board meeting, that here you have people who have escaped from, you know, knows what kind of countries, they're finally free. So, you know, for me, I was born and raised in the UK. My favorite politician of all time is Margaret Thatcher. Uh, As my parents would say, you can't say her name without raising the glass, you know, raise the glass. But, um, yeah, I mean, I was was on that school board and, you know, I got hammered because I wasn't the biggest fan of the teachers' union. And I just took it in stride because that's what you do in America. You're a public official. You know, they called me the bastard child of Margaret Thatcher. I thought it was the greatest compliment ever. So, you know, these <laughs> snowflakes, they don't like it. <laughs> so, um, tell me your stance on what is is happening there beyond the, why are they, why are they trying to hide things from the public? Why are they trying to silence? What is going on in your community? Well, I, I, there's a local activist uh, group of parents, I, I guess, that are upset around um, what's become known as critical race theory, all these books and this curriculum. And um, mm-hmm. the the school district has, has promoted someone to this position they call director of equity, 
diversity and education. Mm-hmm. I think that's a ridiculous job title. I don't mm-hmm. know what these job titles mean to me, you know. But anyway, they were all upset <laughs> about the proposed book. Well, it just sounds like a load of bollocks to me. And by the way, that's not a rude word because yeah. it comes from my favorite album. But um, they were all upset about this. And I, I, it was, I, I came along and, um, and they were telling me about how they were being shouted down um, in the May meeting, the one that we haven't got the tape for, apparently the school solicitor was, was saying things like, you're not allowed to say critical race theory. Now, we're trying to get the videotape of this. So this thuggery is going on. And I show up at this sort of parent's house ahead of the school board meeting. And I said, OK, well, what you, what you all need to do, we're kind of going over the tactics. Speak at public comment. They're not allowed to shut you up. They can't silence you. This is America. You know, I sort of like trying to help out with how to deal with these people. So... I don't know why they are tutting the tape. So if you go to Pensbury School District's website for the May meeting and the March meeting, they've literally cut out uh, speakers who spoke at public comment on this issue. Cut them off the tape. I'm just like, I have got images in my head of 1930s Germany burning books, banning speech. And, I, and it, for me personally, before I even get into the critical race theory debate, I, I'm in, we've got fascists in my local community head thinking you know and so i just got all riled up on the first amendment side of it but clearly they don't want to Simon, on this otherwise they wouldn't be kind of thing. some people would hear you call somebody fascist and they'll say okay that's over dramatic why are you using that word well because they are if you we have emails i put them on my youtube channel the director of equity this is the lady that crafted a press release behind the scenes we, we got all the information behind the right to know law inside the government where a, a citizen had spoken in march very soft-spoken citizen not a loudmouth brit like me ag- just against the policy agenda right and this director of equity the tolerance lady goes to the school board president and the superintendent and says that guy's a racist the way that he spoke at public comment in march was like a uh, racist dog whistling. Here's how we need to shut him down and others like him. And, and I think it would be good if the school board president put out a public statement. So the public statement from the school board president going out to the whole community, basically accusing this guy of being a racist when he isn't, I've met him. He's a lovely, but nice bloke. And I'm sitting watching this going on. How can you have a society, a freedom, a place called America, where the government is itself issuing press statements that literally say, if you come down and speak against us, we're going to shame you. We're going to name you. We're going to call you a racist. We're going to put out public press statements and we're going to cut you from the videotape. Now, if that's not fascism, Glenn, you tell me what is fascism. Simon, why did you come to America? And what are you, what are, what's going through your mind as you're watching your new country now? go down this path um well i came to america because my wife's from brooklyn and she married we met in england and so she she brought back a permanent souvenir so um (laughs) when i came (laughs) well i um i I just go back to the naturalization ceremony that's where you get a sense of what america's about that's where you get because they give you this book um, at the ceremony, you know, and, and it said something. I always remember this one quote. This is former presidents of America, and they give you these quotes, these inspirational quotes. And the one from Reagan stood out to me the most. He said something like, 
You can uh, move to France, but you'll never become a Frenchman. You can move to Italy, but you'll never become an Italian. He said that anyone from any corner of the world can move to America and become an American. And I think that that quote sums it up for me because America is about a set of ideals. It's not about who you are, what you look like, what your immigrant background is, what your skin color is. It's about an idea, and the idea is freedom. And so when I see the most repugnant attack on freedom in my local community, and I can tell you, this has riled everybody up in, in my community. Well, I guess it's gone viral now. I mean, I don't even, I, quite frankly, my head's spinning with this whole thing. I didn't, I've got like, you know, a hundred people on my YouTube channel. I put this up there and my daughter's like, dad, you're at 1.2 million on TikTok. <laughs> what? Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, I think people are thirsty for it. Um, real quick. Uh, can you speak directly to the parent or to the American that is still perhaps on the sideline wants to stand up, but they just don't want to, they don't want to face this. They don't want to be a part of it. They don't want, they're afraid their kid will be singled out or, or whatever. Talk to that person for a second. Yeah. The, The thing I would say is take 10, 20, 30 of your friends with you and do not back down and videotape them. Most public school boards are required to be open to the public. And in in Pennsylvania, I'm sure in other states, you can video record these people. And when you actually show them what they're doing, silencing microphones, telling people you're racist, when, when ordinary Americans see the government behaving that way, that's when it's no longer a conservative liberal issue. That's when it's, are you American or not? And I think that ordinary citizens take your cell phones down, go, 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 go hunt in packs, if you will, you know, take 10, 20, 30 people. There. We probably had a hundred parents at my, that school board meeting, most of whom had never been to one before. And I think there's just power in numbers because no matter what one's position is on a policy, when the government is silencing people, intimidating them, um, that's when, that's when the radical left lose mainstream America. Simon, thank you so much. Uh, I hope we get an opportunity to speak again. Thank you for what you're doing in your community, and and I'm proud that you're an American. Welcome. Thanks a lot, Glenn. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Dr. Robert Malone. He is the inventor of the mRNA vaccine technology. He has been speaking out about uh, the the effects, possible effects of this covid vaccine. We welcome him to the program. Doctor, how are you? Good. Thank you, Mr. Beck, for the opportunity to speak to your uh wide audience and yourself about these various issues of censorship and uh, free speech and uh, bioethics and uh, government transparency. I have to tell you, uh, one of the things that I am um, really concerned about in our in our world of advancing technology is I don't think people have enough conversations on the ethics of what we're doing, the ethics of of what we're experimenting with and what what the ramifications will be of some of this new technology. And it's disturbing because 
We're entering places where no man has ever gone before. Um, and we're just trying things out. And it sounds awfully dangerous. Um, so uh, I, I uh, as, as you've noted, I'm always skating on the thin ice of censorship. And, and right. as a professional in this area, I work with the government quite a bit. It's how I make my living. And, and Glenn, please understand, I'm not somebody who seeks media attention. This has been thrust on me because my friend Brett Weinstein had me on his Dark Horse podcast. And it yes. went viral. Um, it hit 800,000 people before YouTube pulled it down a week later. And uh, ever since then, I have hardly had a life. My social media accounts have exploded. I'm constantly getting calls from patients and doctors. And somehow I'm become the, uh, somebody who can give voice to a lot of the concerns that uh, the medical community has worldwide but is not able to talk about. And um, the bioethics so, has been one of the other key, key kind of wedges. I think it was uh, um, on Dark Horse when the point was raised, you know, this metaphor of the red pill. And um, for a lot of folks, if they think through the bioethics part, then suddenly it opens their mind and they say, oh, this isn't right. And now in a lot of times they know it intuitively that something doesn't feel right about how this is being handled. But when, when they kind of get the tools, you walk them through the logic, then they get it. So walk us through the logic. Yeah. So it's really simple. I'll try to say it quick. Um, we can get into the weeds of it, but it, these are the main high points. First off, these all of the vaccines in the United States are under emergency use authorization. So I can tell you as a professional in regulatory affairs and clinical development, what that means is they're all experimental. So the statements mm -hmm. that this is the largest experiment ever performed on human beings in terms of uh, medical intervention, that's all true. That's not that's not hyperbole. It's just the fact. So they're all experimental. They're not yet licensed. Um, therefore, they fall under a federal law called the Common Rule. It's in the CFR. You can look it up. And that goes all the way back to the Nuremberg Code, etc., through to the present. And it has three main precepts. Number one, there has to be full transparency, full disclosure of risk. Just like when mm. you open a bottle of aspirin and you see that little insert piece of paper or you listen to the ad on the TV and, you know, 10 seconds of the ad is about the drug and the, the mm -hmm. remaining 50 seconds is about all the caveats of the things that can happen. And you'll recall that it gets down into the weeds. It talks about things that hardly would ever happen. That's the level of disclosure right. about risk that you have to be given by federal law um, if you're going to participate in any kind of a clinical experiment, which is what this is. That's point number one. Full disclosure of risk. Point number two, we can't hide those risks behind fancy medical words. So I can throw all kinds of medical jargon at you and make your head spin about uh, dysmenorrhea, for instance, or a uh, number of other terms that relate to thrombocytopenia. How many of you know what those things mean? Okay, well, what no it means idea. is the first one, that your menses are irregular, and the second one means that your blood platelets are low and you're in danger of clotting and having strokes and stuff like that. Okay, so the second part of the rule is that these risks have to be conveyed in common language so that a person of about eighth grade education can understand it. There has to be comprehension. 
third part of the rule. This gets straight at the kind of liberties that we all fortunately still share here in the West. You have to freely consent to taking the agent. You cannot be coerced. Mm. What is coercion? Coercion is, oh, we're going to give out ice cream and so that all the kids can come and we can give them jabs without getting the parents' uh, consent. That's one form. Another form is in Canada, for example, they have a policy that communities have to stay on lockdown until at least 70% of them have taken the jab. Okay, That's called coercion. It's not allowed. You have to consent to participate in medical experimentation of your own free will. Last little caveat, ever heard of the age of consent? And here in the States, it's usually about 18. What that means is mm-hmm. people that are under the age of consent cannot give informed consent. They must have informed consent provided by a parent or guardian. Those are the rules. It's in the federal law. So that's my quick and dirty on bioethics. We can go on and on about it. Uh, There's a lovely video from Tony Fauci that somebody pointed out to me on a podcast where he goes all over this in detail. So we can't say that the federal government and the leadership is not aware of the fundamentals of bioethics. Over. So they would say, though, that, you know, we have an emergency uh, and we have got to do something. And that always leads to trouble when we have to do something. And I'm not anti-vaccine, but Uh, You know, I I don't feel like we're getting all of the information and they haven't even said, you know, what about people who have already had covid? I mean, I have natural immunity. I know that instinctively, but they keep changing and 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 not wanting to talk about those people. Instead, you're just supposed to get the vaccine. Um, And so something does feel wrong. If you want to take the vaccine, you should be able to take the vaccine. But if not, if you don't want to take it or you don't want your kids taking it, you shouldn't have to. Bingo. It's your body. You get to decide. Those are the rules. Well, that's the state doesn't own your body. And, and I, I right. want to underscore what you just said. Um, I, you know, I'm, I also live in Twitterverse, et cetera, in, try, in addition to trying to be a professional. And um, many people, there, there are those who assert that I'm an anti-vaxxer. Come on, guys. I invented this technology 30 years ago. I've spent my entire career advancing uh, vaccines. I was seminal in the development of what we now call the Merck Ebola vaccine. Okay, I I have a Mm. thoughtless track record in terms of advancing vaccine technology. However, I'm pro-rights. I'm pro-bioethics. I'm pro-transparency. I'm pro-honesty. And I'm pro-science-based medicine. And what we've got here, Glenn and have had from the outbreak. And I've been through too many of these outbreaks. I know how it is at the start. There's no information, and everybody has to use expert opinion. We're way past that. Right. And what we've had is government officials, sorry, here in D.C. we call them govies, um, substituting their opinion for what they think is right or best for actual fact-based decision-making, and that gets them in trouble again and again, and if you don't believe me, all you got to do is look at the FOIA emails that the Washington Post pulled out of Tony's email account. I'm talking about Dr. Fauci. All right. So you're not anti-vaccine, clearly. Um, and are you saying that no one should have this vaccine or that we should just be aware of some of the side effects? 
Um, I'm not saying these vaccines are saving lives. And thanks for letting me just hit that head on. Okay. Um, right. What I have problems with in, in Glenn, it, it, I, I mentioned this on Tucker's show and I'd like to amplify it just a little bit on your show, if you don't mind. Um, no, and I ahead. checked in with, with some FDA colleagues last night, uh, just to make sure that I was still representing what they understand to be truth. And these are very senior people. What we have is a situation in which the databases, this is going to kind of sound, kind of, sound kind of wonky, the databases that are supposed to capture the adverse events, that's the bad stuff that happens in, in time relating to the vaccine. It may or, not, may, or, may or may not be related, okay? The databases that are supposed to capture this are a train wreck. They're very poor quality here in the States. And so when the CDC says that we have this, that, or the other incidents of this, you know, for instance, the recent cardiac problems in adolescents, they're basing that on what, by their own admission, is really faulty data. We talk about VAERS. There's also the VSAFE system. So that is the core problem here, is that we don't have good information to make calculations about risk-benefit for different populations, and that folks like you, me, and your listeners don't have full transparency about what those potential adverse events are. That's not legal. They, ob they are obligated to share it with us. My argument is not that you should or shouldn't take the vaccine. My argument is that you have the right to know and make your own informed decision. That's the federal law. It's real simple and straightforward. Now, this, I do have this concerns is what... about some of the adverse events that are happening. I do have concerns, and I think that, that particularly the Moderna vaccine, the dose is too high. I think that we need to quickly roll out re-engineered vaccines that, are, that no longer have some of these issues that are associated with spike protein in both the adenovirus and the mRNA. They're both based on gene therapy. Okay, I think that we really need to look at re-engineering some of those. And I think for those of you in the audience who are not comfortable taking a genetic-based vaccine, like the ones that are currently available, I gently suggest, and I have no conflict of interest, no stock in Novavax, but Novavax is a much more traditional vaccine product and if you don't want to go down the uh, RNA or advector road, I think there's a good chance that the Novavax product is going to get clearance under EUA midsummer. So it's it's not you know it's not without hope. You're not left with vaccine or no vaccine, or vaccine or ivermectin, as some people like Brett advocate. There's other options coming. Uh, so I just want to give so that message out. So you were just talking about a spike in protein. Um, respond to this. Reuters just run uh, just ran fact check COVID-19 vac uh, vaccines are not. What is yeah, it? Cytotoxic? Cytotoxic? Cytotoxic. Yeah. So I really they, they yeah. followed actually put a politifact was the first one. And then Reuters comes out. By the way, Reuters is part of the trusted news initiative when we get to talking about censorship. OK, so we'll, we'll get there soon enough. Reuters ran this, and they did it based on statements that are really carefully worded and a little obtuse from federal officials. They didn't actually go to the scientific literature all, because apparently what's happened, I'm learning more and more, is with the mainstream media, they've all gotten lazy, and they seem to think that it's okay to just parrot whatever their colleagues in the media have said before, 
as opposed to actually mm-hmm. going to the peer-reviewed scientific literature, which clearly, unambiguously, multiple peer-reviewed publications, press release from the Salk Institute, my alma mater, all say that the native spike protein, catch my words, they're carefully worded, the native spike protein is cytotoxic. It does open the blood-brain barrier. It does have multiple problems, and it's probably associated with the blood coagulation based on the Singapore paper that just came out reporting the adverse event of blood clots in the brain in far too many people than it should be happening in after mRNA vaccination. Okay, so Reuters, thank you very much. You made it really easy for me to fact-check the fact-checkers because all I have to do is pop open PubMed, do a search, and cite the peer-reviewed literature. You're wrong. Hmm. Now, what was done, this is the, here's the truth, okay? Then I get the comments, oh, but they engineered the spike protein for these vaccines so that it's not toxic. The problem with that is that that would require time travel because they didn't know at the time that they were doing the engineering that these cytotoxicity Hmm. and other effects happened, okay? So, they, yes, they did do some engineering. I'm not sure that that engineering didn't make it more toxic. I don't know if it made it less toxic. Here's the point. The way it works in drug development is kind of like the French judicial system. You're guilty until proven innocent. In drug development, Hmm. it's assumed that it's toxic until it's proven not to be toxic. So if you're going to say that the stuff that's expressed in these gene therapy-based vaccines is not toxic like the native spike protein is, it's your obligation to prove it. Now, I've invited people to post that are saying these things, to post any peer-reviewed literature, any documentation that shows that FDA has forced the pharma or pharma has published or the NIH that engineered the NIH Vaccine Research Center that engineered the Moderna vaccine to post how they prove that it's not toxic. The data aren't there. I've never seen it. I would be, I'd be overjoyed to see it. Then I could put that concern to rest. But it's, it's one of these, it walks like a duck, it looks like a duck, it quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. And the fact that we have this overlap between the symptoms of COVID, the symptoms of long COVID, the symptoms that are associated with the post-vaccination syndrome with the adenovectors, and some of the symptoms more rare, perhaps less severe, that also are cropping up with the mRNAs. What's the common variable? It is the spike open reading frame protein. Does that make sense? Simple stuff. We are uh, we're talking to the guy who um, invented the uh, RNA uh, vaccination or the the uh, mRNA vaccination, um, and he has been silenced. Doctor, we have only scheduled a half hour here. I, I, could I? May I ask you to come back because there's so much more to this story, and I it will clear my, my schedule so. And okay, I'm, would love I, to do that. I got to tell you, I get I get flack about going on conservative media. Conservative media are the ones that are interested in these topics of of free speech, freedom of information, personal rights. If CNN wants to invite me oh, on, I'll be glad to be on. I, I have to tell you, uh, Doctor, there. This is not a conservative. This is not a political issue. This is a science issue, and we should all be looking for the truth, especially when we are. We're putting things into people's bodies and not getting the full truth. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. 
everybody, Kamala Harris is finally going to the border. She's going to get to the bottom of it. I'll bet she finds global warming down there. No. Uh, Mark Morgan <laughs> is the former acting uh, uh, Customs and Border Patrol commissioner. Uh, we wanted to get him on the phone and uh, get his thoughts on what happened to the latest commissioner of the uh, Border Patrol, who's just been relieved of his duty. Um, what happened there? Also, what does he expect to be happening uh, with uh, uh, Kamala Harris uh, on her border trip? Mark, welcome to the program. Glenn, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. You bet. So give me your thoughts. First of all, what's happening on the border that Americans aren't really aware of because the, the, it's not being uh, covered? Uh, and what happened with the, the latest head of Border Patrol uh, when he was let go? Well, well Glenn, first, l- let me talk about w- what's happening at, at the border. I, I think what the Americans don't know, and look, I'm going to be direct because I don't know any other way to be, because this administration did just flat-out blatant lies. It's beyond the political spin and misdirection. It's just flat-out lies. And I think what's really important is when we talk about securing our borders, Glenn, and you know this, I've heard you talk about this countless times, it's not just about the illegal immigration threat that we face and that crisis. When you have borders that are unsecure, those borders, our borders are unsecure to the vast, complex multitude of threats that we face from outside our borders, whether that's criminal Correct. aliens coming through and making their way right to every neighborhood, the drugs pouring through our, 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 our southwest border, making their way to, to every neighborhood. And I, and I could go on and on. That is, is one element that, that's being hid from, from the American citizens of this country, that, that that's why borders secure and that, that the threats we face, the issues that we face do not stay in our southwest border state. They make their way over into every town, city and state right now. And it's a total uh, uh, catastrophic, unmitigated crisis on the southwest border. And now so let me switch. So Rodney Scott. So I, I, I was actually the, the former Commissioner of Customs and Border Protection. Rodney Scott is actually the chief of the Border Patrol, which is a component within okay. CBP. So, but, but, but this is important, Glenn, but, and, and I really appreciate you bringing this up, is that, is that as the chief of Border Patrol, he has about 20,000 men and women underneath him. He is responsible, directly responsible, ultimately, for our border security. And here's the key. It's a career position. It's a career position of a law enforcement executive. It's not a political appointee position. You will find no other federal agency in this government where career officials are treated like political appointees. This man has a 29-year career. I know him. He's a man of integrity, and he's a man of courage. And in this position, he has pushed back on this administration. He has been very honest and open about his criticisms with respect to what they're doing and how it's impacting their ability to secure our borders. And this secretary, DHS Secretary Mayorkas, um, look, if, if, if he cannot bully someone, a career official, if he can't turn a career official into to no more than a puppet to further his open border policies, he's getting rid of them. And that's what he's done. There's, there's no disciplinary ac- action. There's, he's not doing it for cause. He's simply doing it because he can't bully Rodney. And it's all political. And we should be absolutely outraged that this has happened to a career law enforcement official. How rare is this? Uh, so I, I, for this to happen. Glenn, I've been doing this for 35 years. I served 20 years in the FBI. And I can tell you, you can take this to the bank. 
that that you you could go through all the three letter you know law enforcement agencies whether that's HSI under ICE DEA FBI ATF never been done never been done that they've gone to this level of a career law enforcement agency and they've been removed uh, without cause hasn't happened. So why is he? Why was he fired um, uh, and removed? Was it because he was just a thorn in the side, or that he knew what was going on? Uh, there was problems within that he was trying to stop the administration from doing that we don't know of. What is is the whole story? Just that he was a thorn in the side of the Biden administration. Yeah, Glenn I, Glenn, I think you do a good job of just describing it. Yeah, look, look right now, the acting CDP commissioner, uh, the, 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 the individual took my position acting right now. And, and this, I, this is hard for me to say, but I have to be honest, that that's, he is a puppet. He, he, he is not pushing back on this administration. The political appointees are running the organization just like they are ICE. Right. He is signing off on everything. He, he's, just a, he's just a throughput. He's not pushing back. He's not giving a sound advice and guidance. He's not telling them that the policies are not effective for border security. That's negatively impacting our national security. Rodney did that. Now, look, Rodney, because he served under six administrations, both Republican and Democrat. Now, at the end of the day, he's going to carry out their policies, as he's always done. But, but, but as American citizens, Rodney epitomized exactly what we expect, Glenn, from a career official, is that give his expert, expertise and advice, honest advice, and, and, and guidance to the administration to say, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. If they ignore it, they ignore it, and he'll implement his directive. But that's not what they want. That's not enough. They want a throughput. They want a puppet. They want somebody they can bully and control. Rodney's not that guy. That's why they're getting rid of him. Well, it's interesting to me because this is almost a continuation of a conversation I was just having with Dr. Dr. Robert Malone. He's the inventor of the mRNA vaccine technology. And he's not anti-vaccine. I mean, he invented this technology. Um, he is he's not saying that it's deadly and no one should take it. He's saying, hey, there's some concerns. But my biggest concern is they're hiding things from you. And it 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 not, not necessarily life and death stuff they're hiding. They're just hiding things. And they are silencing anyone who has a different opinion or just says, hey, the fact should be known here. That's a dictatorial government. And it sounds like that's exactly what's happening on the border. Glenn, as you were talking, I wish you could see me right now. I wish your listeners could see me. I've got a big smile on my face because... I, I couldn't I couldn't have come up with a better analogy. That's exactly right. Look, like I said, I've been doing this for a long time. Everybody's the highest levels of leadership positions in federal law enforcement in this country. I I demanded, I made sure uh, that, that I surrounded myself with people that were not yes people, that people that had their own mind, that people based on their own yes. experiences would where right would come to the table and say and, and I demanded if you disagree with me, you tell me and you can see you can say, Okay, sir, you can still be professional, right? And say, I disagree with you and here's why I disagree with you. I always said that then you gotta come with a justification and a reason and a solution. That's that's the type of leader that Rodney Scott is. And but that's exactly what this Secretary Myricus doesn't want. He doesn't want any interference. He doesn't want anybody to say anything that is against his radical open border ideologic uh, 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 viewpoint that, that that's absolutely going to do anything to stop their agenda. And I, I tell you, you can tell I'm, I'm fired up because the, another thing, too, is, is I know Rodney Scott. 
He's a good man, Glenn, and this this is wrong. And if they can do this to a career law enforcement, I mean, I mean, they just ended his career for for no reason, no cause. He Ronnie has gotten the highest senior uh, uh, executive service for, uh, uh, performance evaluations ever since he was uh, appointed to the SES ranks. Uh, the highest marks. There's, there's, there's not been a derogatory performance evaluation. They can, they cannot point to one issue on his performance of, uh, 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 evaluation that, that would justify this. It's all about politics. Uh, let me change subjects. Uh, the vice president went down uh, to Latin America and gave some beautiful speeches where she said, "Don't come, don't come." Um, however. You know, my 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 father used to say, it's not your words, it's your actions. So, son, you can tell me anything, but I see the way you're living your life. I see the way you're acting. Uh, and that's all that matters. Uh, I think the same thing is being uh, can be said uh, for those people who want to come to America illegally uh, or just want to come to America and they find this as an easy path. She may say these things, but. Are they taking any steps to slow this problem down? So, Glenn, both of those points are spot on. Look, it's a it, it's a joke. Let's be honest. I mean, the, the 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 cartels and human smuggling organizations. I mean, they're laughing at this administration, right? And the words "don't come." It's even worse than that because because they're not saying "don't come," right? To, 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 we're talking about those that are intentionally illegally in our country they're not saying don't come they're saying don't come yet right so so it's even it's even worse the fact that it's just words i mean their own words are, are telling them to still come it's just a matter of when you should come but look you know when, when your policies uh, absolutely are juxtaposed what you're saying that the cartels the human smuggling organizations they are complex uh, effective organizations. They know our immigration laws and policies and loophole better than most American citizens. They know that what's being said is irrelevant. It doesn't matter. They know that policy is what matters. And they know this administration's uh, policies have dismantled every effective policy authority and tool that we had under the Trump administration. And that our borders are effectively open. If you're an unaccompanied minor, the borders are open. If you're a family, the borders are open. If you were previously enrolled in the Remain in Mexico program, the borders are now open to you. And I could go on and on. The, the cartels know it. The immigrants know it. And they're exploiting that every single day. And every time I, I, I see uh, say that, it's just a joke. Um. The uh, the vice president's trip, uh, she's avoided it and avoided it and avoided it. And then Donald Trump said he was going to go down and all of a sudden she's interested in going to the border. What do you expect to see uh, this weekend or or any anything? What's going to happen this weekend, do you think? I, I think we're going to see a lot of nice um uh, pictures and photo opportunities and sound bites where she's talking to non-governmental organizations and other open border advocates. Uh, you, you may see her mm. tour an area that, that does not have a wall behind it or a facility that is pristine and is not overcrowded. I mean, Glenn, look, look, come on, right? Let's be honest. You, you just said it. I think the majority of the American people are really honest. See, see, see this for what it is. This is all absolutely the White House scrambled around trying to uh, deal with the optics, uh, political optics now being driven because President Trump said he's going. Look, it was just, it was just a few days before uh, this vice president was, act, I mean, physically laughing, laughing and joking about the, the absolute 
unmitigated crisis on the southwest border and making fun of it and calling mm-hmm. it this thing. And then after the President Trump said he's going down, now all of a sudden it's important enough for her to go down. And look, here's another thing, too. And, and I, I think this is important. This is not semantics. Where she's going, Glenn, is important. She's not going to the epicenter, which is, this is the RGB, the Rio Grande Valley. That's the epicenter of, of the right. crisis, the lower part, lower part of Texas. They, they, this, this fiscal year, almost 275,000 apprehensions. They're getting the brunt of it. If she really wants to see the crisis, that's where she's going. She's going to El Paso, which is about 1,000 miles away. I mean, literally, that, that would be like you know going to a state that just had a, a catastrophic hurricane, and you're going to the outskirts of the town where buildings haven't been impacted, rather than going to the heart of the epicenter and standing next to buildings and houses that have been destroyed and talking to the people whose lives have been destroyed instead of people who their house is still intact and they really weren't uh, uh, affected. I mean, that's what it is. It, it, again, it's all form over substance. And going real quick, I don't... We're, what we're not going to hear is we're not going to hear her take responsibility for the crisis. We're not going to hear her call it a crisis. We're not going to see her talk to a Democratic elected sheriff for 42 years that's going to say this is the worst crisis he's ever uh, seen in his history along the southwest border. And the fact that his deputies have recovered over 40 bodies, dead bodies of immigrants. We're not going to hear uh, her talk to. Right. We're not going to hear her talk to border security experts, seasoned agents that's just going to say, you know, ma'am, we're getting killed. We've, we've, we've received over 200,000 gotaways this year. People have gotten past us because we're being distracted with providing daycare services to families and kids, leaving large areas of border wide open. Or the 7,500 apprehensions of criminal aliens they've done. Or the 1,000 uh, uh, gang members they've arrested. That, that, and those that get away make, make, them, make themselves uh, into every town, city, and state. That we're not going to hear. And the last thing I'll say is that we're, what we're, I, I know we're not going to hear is any specific policy action that they're going to take to stem the flow and address the crisis. We're not going to hear that. Mark Morgan, former acting uh, uh, customs and uh, border protection uh, commissioner, uh, visiting fellow from the Heritage Foundation. Thank you so much for talking to us. And please pass on uh, my my feelings to every Border Patrol agent out there. And I think I speak for millions of people on this. We appreciate what they're going through. We understand as much as we possibly can. And we are behind them. Please don't give up on uh, on the rest of America and doing their job. God bless, Mark. Thank you so much. Na, 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 na.